This is episode number 114 with Steve Weatherford. New concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Success 101 Podcast. Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren. At each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren, and I am so fired up to bring you my friend Steve Weatherford this morning. Steve and I had a great time producing this episode, and if you don't know who Steve Weatherford is, then you must not be in the world of social media because he is everywhere from Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. He's blowing up all over the place. And for those of you who know Steve best, you likely know him as being on the Super Bowl-winning team of the New York Giants. After getting his start at the University of Illinois, being a fighting Illini, he went on to play in the NFL. And Steve is a man of faith. He's a family man. He's a philanthropist. And he's a football player. And he would tell you in that order as well. I love his heart. And he just brings so much energy to anything that he does. So go out there and check him out. At the end of the show, we'll tell you how to better find Steve and all the avenues that you can get to him. But without any further delay, let's cut to my conversation with Steve Weatherford. Steve, welcome to the Success 101 podcast. How are you today? Dude, I'm doing well, man. I'm very blessed and I appreciate your flexibility because my schedule is not the easiest to, uh, you know, to still 35, 40 minutes. So I'm excited about being on the podcast and meeting some of your supporters and followers and kind of sharing a little bit of my journey of how I kind of went from a kid at 14 years old in Terre Haute, Indiana with big dreams and aspirations and was able, you know, to make it to the the Big Apple in New York City and and fulfill my lifelong dream and, you know, really just kind of the ups and downs and, and life skills that I've developed in my life from different mentors. It's helped me find success, but more importantly, you know, happiness and prosperity throughout the process. Absolutely. And I think I read on either your bio or some press release that I saw as a freshman back in high school, I guess. Did you really weigh 108 pounds? <laughs> 108 pounds. <laughs> okay, I was so- I was skinnier than just about 90 percent of the girls. Uh, so it was tough to get a date when you were 14 years old. It wasn't like I was short. I mean, as a freshman, I was like five foot seven, five foot eight. You know, height wasn't really my issue because, you know, at that point, you know, there might have been a couple of kids in high school that were or six foot or six foot plus. But most of us were like, you know, five, seven, five, eight, five, nine, five, ten. But they weighed, you know, 160 pounds, 150 pounds. And I was light enough that the wind could blow me over. But, uh, you know, I was focused and I really did believe that if I was able to, you know, create a plan, a long term plan of achieving something and I was willing to make the sacrifice and put the work in with consistency. I really did believe, you know, at 14, it was crazy to say, you know, I'm going to be a professional athlete one day, but there's a difference in between saying it and actually doing the work that is required to live a dream like that. And football in Indiana, 
football and soccer are the same season. It's a fall season. And so I had never played football and I was at soccer practice and the football coach walks over to the soccer field and goes up to the soccer coach and says, Hey, you know, we don't have a kicker or a punter. Do you have any players that have a strong leg? And it was at that, that point that my head soccer coach, Kent Baker, pointed over to the, the third field and said, you know, that skinny kid over there doesn't look like much, but, man, he's got a cannon. I bet you he could do it. He's a really good athlete. So, you know, coach came up to me and said, hey, uh, would you like to be our kicker? And I was like, well, can I still play soccer? He's like, yeah, so here's the deal. If you just come to football practice for the first 15 to 18 minutes of practice and do the special teams period, then at that point you can go to soccer and go play foosball with your friends. And so I said, all right, screw it. I'll give it a shot. And it was something that came natural to me because of my background in soccer. Now, you know, I wasn't NFL caliber the first time I kicked the ball, but I was much better than somebody that didn't have the soccer background because it was just, uh, you know, it was a very similar soccer motion. And so I was very, very thankful at that point in my life, Jared, that I was brave enough to try something new when I already kind of felt, I don't want to say out of place, but I felt self-conscious because, you know, at 108 pounds, I was skinny even for a soccer player. But then to go to the football field where, you know, those are like the Neanderthals of the high school, you know, the biggest, strongest guys on the high school campus. And for me to go out there and put on football pads and a helmet, which I'd never worn before, and get out there with those guys and try to do something I've never done. I was very thankful that I had the self-confidence to try something new because if I wouldn't have, you know, taken that risk, I never would have found that gift that I had. And, you know, it took a lot of hard work and sacrifice to develop it to become one of the best in the county and then the state and then the country and then to get an earn a scholarship at the University of Illinois, you know, become an All-American there and then have the opportunity you know, to play in the National Football League and, and live that lifelong dream. But, you know, that's how it all kind of started for me as far as trying football. But my story's deeper than that because I knew in order for me to take that skill of kicking a football that was natural to me, I was going to need to get bigger, faster, and stronger. In order to become an elite athlete, I was going to need to develop an elite work ethic because genetically, I was predispositioned to being skinny, you know, like I'm always going to have a six pack, but in order for me to be able to have the strength and the power and the explosiveness to be able to kick, you know, 55 and 60 yard field goals in high school, I was going to need to put on some weight. And so, you know, I went to the library because back then, Jared, you couldn't just Google something or you couldn't, there weren't podcasts like this for people that were hungry for knowledge. You had to go to the library and read books and some of you know, the books that I was reading on different training modalities and recovery and nutrition, some of those books were like 20 and 30 years old. But that knowledge, that foundation that I was able to give myself to develop a plan, to be able to follow a plan that I came up with on my own, it was tough. It required a lot of time and energy on, on my part. But I really, I really wanted to live this dream. There's people who hope for things and there's people who dream for things and there's people that work for things. And, and I was all three, you know, I hoped that I could, you know, play in the NFL one day. I dreamed about playing in the NFL one day, but then I actually worked to play in the NFL one day. And that's really what kind of separated me from being a good high school kicker to an elite high school kicker and, you know, so on and so forth through college ranks and, and into the professional ranks. And, 
you know, getting into the Super Bowl in my sixth year in the NFL uh, was played in Indianapolis, Indiana at Lucas Oil Stadium. And I had the greatest game of my life in the biggest game of my life. And I was able to, you know, set Super Bowl records. And it was just a really wild ride to think that was something that I was going to accomplish. If you would have told me I'd have done that when I was 14, I would have been like, man, that's really cool. But I got a lot of work to do, but I did it. And I'm uh, super, super thankful that I did it because not just for the achievement, but the life skills that I developed, you know, with self-sacrifice and discipline and focus and consistency, those character traits that I developed are what has made me successful off of the football field, you know, because I know what the formula is for finding success in pro sports, but those same character traits can be applied to any other industry and you can find success there. You know, it's about identifying what your vision and your dream is, developing a plan and, you know, getting to work and getting to work. The execution of the plan is where 90% of people fail in living out their dream. You know, everybody has dreams, but in order to wake up, and feel like you're living a dream, there's a lot, a lot of execution and hard work that has to go into being able to live out your dream and waking up every day and not feeling like you're at work because this is what you were born to do. This is what you always wanted to do. So Steve, I know we all go through seasons in life where you say, you know, hey, I went through the season of of being able to be in the Super Bowl and setting records there that you never imagined what happened. And I see you just doing day-to-day stuff, you know, kicking the ball with the Giants on game day, on the cover of Muscle and Fitness and other magazines, you know, your Armageddon workout, kickboxing with Lewis Howes, all over Snapchat. What do you want right now? I think I can sum it up in one word, Jared, man. It's it's impact. You know, the reason that I've decided to transition from kicking a football, you know, kind of on an international stage and all the, you know, the fun celebrity fame that kind of comes along with that. I was super thankful for that, but I never really self-identified as being a football player. I was always, I always played football, but it wasn't my identity. And I got to a point around this time last year, before the last season that I played, that I wasn't getting the fulfillment from that journey that I once got. And so I felt as if my legacy wasn't being fulfilled. I had achieved everything within that industry and within that journey that I had set out for. You know, obviously I wanted to make it into the NFL and then I did that. And then once I made it into the NFL, I soon found out that the average NFL career was 3.1 years. And so I said, okay, I'm going to see if I can make it to four. And then I did that. And once I got to four, I'm like, okay, you know, now I want to win a Super Bowl. And then, you know, fast forward two years later, and I was able to be a part of a Super Bowl team in in 2011 and 12. And then after I did that, I'm like, okay, well, I just finished my sixth year. You know, what is the percentage of people that actually makes it to 10 years? You know, and then you look at that statistic and be like, man, it'd be really cool if I could achieve that. And so then I played my 10th season. And then once I hit 10, I was like, I don't feel like there's much more I have to prove to myself. You know, it wasn't ever about proving things to other people, because if you're inside your mind and your heart, if your motivation is to prove something to someone or prove someone wrong, that type of motivation is not longstanding. It's not, you know, that's not something that's going to drive you every day. I think the greatest motivation that you can have is 
is trying to be the best you that you can be. I think when we get caught up, especially with social media, competing with other people, it leads a very unfulfilling life because there's always going to be somebody who has more than you have at something that you like, you know, so it's, it's kind of, it perpetuates itself. It's, you know, it's kind of like the quote, you know, from fight club, you know, we work our whole lives to buy things that we don't need to impress people that we don't like. And my motivation was never that it was always about being the best that I could be. You know, you don't ever want to compare your chapter four Chapter four of your journey, you don't ever want to compare your chapter four to somebody else's chapter 20 because everybody has their own gifts. Everybody has their own journey that was kind of predestined for them. And whether or not you're going to live out what God's plan is for you, that's your own decision. But I don't think you can ever find true happiness or fulfillment until you concentrate on yourself and you invest in yourself and then you you are the person that reaps those benefits and the yield of the sacrifice and the hard work and the consistency. So, you know, one quote that I read to myself every single morning is to give anything less than your best is to sacrifice the gift. And, you know, that just really kind of goes to hammer home. Everything I just spoke about is every single day that we wake up, you know, it sounds cliche, but every single day we wake up is a gift and it's an opportunity for you to achieve something. And one way that I'm able to stay very vigilant with my direction in my journey to achieve my goals is I always have long-term goals. You know, I have a 12-month, a 36-month, and and a 10-year goal for myself. But, you know, I'm a guy that lives in the moment. I'm not really good at planning things out. And so I understand that that's a weakness of mine. But What I do is every Sunday night before I go to bed, I write out kind of a goal list for the next seven days, you know, and it's not a to-do list. It's not, hey, go pick up the dry cleaning and, and hey, you know, you got to take your kids to this soccer game. It's more along the lines of what do I want to achieve to get me closer to my 12-month goal, my 36-month goal, my five-year goal, my 10-year goal, and it's, it helps me stay proactive. It helps motivate me because it's very easy to get overwhelmed with how much needs to get done in order to get somewhere. But if you break it down into, you know, weekly seven-day goals, it makes it much more attainable. But then it also gives you the sense of achievement and the sense of satisfaction when you fulfill those. And then once I get to the end of that seven days, then before I write my goals for the, the following seven days, I will kind of do a little self-analysis and identify where I was successful and what I did well to achieve that short-term goal, but then also identify where I fell short, what I did not achieve, and identify what the genesis of that problem was. So, you know, you have seven-day goals, and then every night before I go to bed, so you write your overall seven-day goals on the Sunday, and then every night before I go to bed, I will review how I did on those goals that day. And so, you know, you're constantly pushing yourself because you're giving yourself, motivating yourself by giving direction and purpose to the 24 hours that you have in the next day. When you wake up, you're like, okay, you know, it's 6 a.m. I've got to go get this cardio in. And then when I get done with this cardio, I've got this phone call. And then once I get done with this phone call, I would like to be able to take, you know, 30 minutes to call these five people 
and tell them thank you and you know tell them i'm thinking about you i hope you're doing well because that's one thing that i think uh has been really beneficial for me is getting in the routine of calling uh facetiming and texting people without needing anything from them because in this world there's a lot of takers and there's a lot of people that want something from you but very rarely do you get phone calls facetimes emails text messages from somebody just checking in just to say, Hey man, I hope you're doing well. If I can do anything for you, please just let me know. I want you to know I value relationship. You've been an incredibly supportive friend or father or, you know, cousin or whatever the case may be, just letting people, showing people gratitude. And that just, it doesn't happen enough nowadays because with social media and with, you know, technology, it's really easy to check in to see how somebody's doing on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat, but you don't end up actually calling them. You don't end up going and having a cup of coffee with them. And I feel like that it's really, it. social media is bringing everyone together because we all know what each other are doing, but I feel like it's really kind of compartmentalizing friendships and relationships because since we know what you know Steve Weatherford's doing because we're watching his Snapchat, then I don't feel the need to call him or text him or email him or FaceTime him. And it creates kind of a, a compartmentalized relationship structure, and, and I don't like that. So I try to, during the seven days, pick at least five people who are important to me who, you know, maybe I saw on Facebook that their mother's sick or you know, or maybe I just need to check in, or maybe it's just somebody I want to show gratitude to. And so that's always a part of my seven day plan and goal list. And I'm the one to say, dude, nobody's on social media more than I am. I, I you know, I've got, I've got Snapchat and I probably average a good, I don't know, 35 or 40 snaps a day. You know, I'm on Twitter. I don't know how many tweets I average a day, but it's got to be somewhere around 50. And then you've got Instagram, you've got Facebook, Facebook Live, Periscope, there's just there's so many different platforms and I manage all of those by myself because I know nobody's going to do a better job for me doing those than I'm going to do for myself and nobody's going to represent me better than I'm going to represent myself but I'll tell you what man it is really time consuming to be able to answer every single question you know if I put up a workout on my Facebook fan page and I've got you know 60 comments and 35 of those require a response that's time consuming. You know, that's like getting 35 emails and that's just from Facebook. And then you've got Twitter and then you've got Instagram. And then, you know, I just started an Instagram fitness page. It's just another platform for me to share more of, uh, you know, the knowledge and experience and advice within the fitness industry with nutrition. What's the name of it? It's uh, Weatherford five TV. So my Instagram is Weatherford five. And then I was just noticing getting a lot of requests and direct messages from people wanting to know specific things. And I just, I didn't want to have to post 10 different videos a day onto my Instagram page because then I would just kind of dilute my content. And I wanted the content that I put on Weatherford 5 to be concise, to the point, exactly what I want to put out there. But starting the Weatherford 5 TV fitness account has allowed me to be able to kind of share more of the fitness, nutritional, recovery uh, motivation that I have in that industry without, you know, oversaturating uh, my Instagram page right now. And I've only had that fitness account for probably, uh, probably five weeks. And, you know, I've got 
probably 11,000 supporters on there. I don't call them followers, Jared, because I feel like that kind of makes them feel like they're below me, like they're following me, man. Those are my supporters. Those are my friends. So um, it's been good, man. People are really enjoying that fitness page because I'm able to to share at length the things that people want to know. Yeah, and I'm pretty new to Snapchat, and what got me on it was just listening to Gary Vaynerchuk, Lewis Howes. I mean, those guys are just killing it right now, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, those are two of my really good friends. Gary V's been very, very supportive and helpful in kind of my transition from professional football into being, you know, self-employed entrepreneur. And, you know, Lewis Howes is, is one of my best friends. Um, you know, I talk to the guy probably two or three times a week, anytime he's in New York, where we spend every day together and then vice versa when I'm out in Los Angeles. So very, very thankful for that relationship, man. Lewis is a, he's a, an amazing human being who literally his legacy, his life every day that he wakes up is like, man, how can I impact positively impact people? And I love that. Man, I'd love my goal is to get to meet him at some point because he's just been so inspirational for me. That's a good that's a good guy to shoot for, man, because not only does he have a massive platform, but it wasn't like he was in my position that he played a professional sport and developed his his name and his brand within pro sports and then transitioned it to a podcast. He literally started it from the ground up with really no brand. You know, he wasn't a celebrity, but he just provided value and content and motivation and thought provoking interviews from some of the most amazing people in the world. I mean, he said Warren Buffett on there, Richard Branson on there, Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, you name it. If there's a person that's been super successful in some type of industry, you know, more times than not, he's had either them or somebody that is in competition with them on his show. So anytime I'm out on a run or, or a long drive, that's, that's all I do is listen to the school of greatness. So, Steve, as we get ready to wrap up the podcast here, I'm so thankful for your time. I know you had a quick spot of time here to stop by the Success 101 podcast. And the question I would ask you here is a two-part question. First one is a mentor that you're following that's given you the greatest bit of knowledge. You know, we mentioned Gary Vee, you mentioned Lewis House. I'm curious if there's anybody else out there. Second part to the question is who has really sharpened you in the NFL that has made you just a better person, better player, better overall, just you're better for having known them. So to the first question, who's a role model that I look up to who has mentored me? So I'll give you a quick story. I could talk about this guy for hours, but I was in my rookie year in New Orleans with the Saints. I was competing for the job there, and uh, the kicker was John Carney. John Carney at that point had been in the NFL for 18 seasons, uh, one of the greatest kickers of all time, and just one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met. You know, we're not talking about kickers. We're not talking about anything. He's one of the most amazing humans I've ever met in my life. And he took me underneath his wing and he just taught me what it was to be a pro, you know, not a professional athlete, to be a pro, you know, to be the best in the world at something. You know, he taught me how to take care of my body. He taught me how to train. He taught me how to focus. And more importantly than that, he taught me how to have an impact bigger than football, how to transcend the sport and get involved in your community and leverage the celebrity that comes along with being, you know, one of the greatest athletes in the world playing in the NFL, how to leverage that celebrity to impact people. And, you know, he, you know, invited me out to San Diego, the off season after my rookie season 
And he really selfishly, he jokes about it now, he invited me out there, not because he wanted to mentor me, is because he knew that I was the hardest worker he had ever trained with. And I had a background in track and field. I was a, an All-American decathlete at the University of Illinois. And so the way that I trained was super intense, but it also was different than what he was used to. I did a lot of plyometric, you know, hip explosive type of stuff because I was a runner and a jumper. And so selfishly, he invited me out to learn how I was training. And I was selfish to the fact that I went out there because I wanted to become a better person. And so now you fast forward 10 years later, and he's the godfather to my four kids. I actually named my daughter, my second born after him. His name's John Carney, and I named my daughter Carney in his honor. So he has definitely been the most impactful person that I have met that is not in my immediate family. So I could not be more thankful or blessed for God placing him in my path when he did, because I don't know if I would have played past my rookie season if it weren't for John Carney. Now to your second question, who have I met within the NFL who has shaped and molded me to become the person that I am? And to me, that's a no brainer. The finest coach that I've ever met in my life, the you know master motivator, incredible leader, family man, generous with his time, incredibly hard worker is Tom Coughlin. You know, he coached the Giants to two Super Bowls in four years. And really, he was the person that enabled me to become myself, you know, meaning he didn't try to handcuff me and, and not let me have fun when I was at work. You know, when I was playing football, it's easy to, you know, look at the punter and be like, all right, dude, you need to be seen and not heard. Go stand in the corner. You're not that important to the team. He let me be a leader on the team. It didn't matter that I was a punter. And you know, I just learned so much from him about life. The greatest years I had as a professional football player were playing for Tom Coughlin. And, and I know the reason why is because he let me kind of spread my wings and be myself and have fun when you're playing a kid's game, because, you know, the National Football League, you know, the greatest athletes in the world, you know, the greatest players in that sport in the world, but it becomes a business when, you know, when there's millions of dollars involved and, you know, if you make a mistake, you can be fired the next day. And a lot of jobs aren't like that, but in the NFL, the stakes are very high. In the NBA, the contracts are guaranteed. So if you find sign a five-year deal for a hundred million dollars, you're guaranteed to make a hundred million dollars. But in the NFL, the only thing that's guaranteed is your signing bonus. So, you know, when in 2012, after we won the Super Bowl, I was given a five-year extension for $13 million, and I got a, I think it was a $4 million signing bonus. If I would have gotten that signing bonus and struggled the next season, they could have cut me. So it kind of makes it, it takes a little bit of the fun away because you know the stakes are so high, and it's very, very easy to let the performance anxiety of the game that you're playing, it kind of turns it into more of a job than a game. But Tom Coughlin does an incredible job of making, of getting the most out of his athletes, but then also letting them have fun. And, uh, and I really, really appreciate that from him. And he will always have a very, very special place in my heart.
That's great, Steve. Thanks so much for your time here today and spending some time with uh, me and our listeners. And where can we find you? I know you've mentioned a couple of times on social media, all the different avenues you have out there, but let's point people directly in your direction to send them your way. I know you've got a website out there and then give us your handles on the different screen names. Yes. Yeah, so on Twitter and um, Instagram and Snapchat, I am Weatherford5. And then my Facebook fan page is Steve Weatherford. But I would say if anybody has any type of questions, man, I absolutely love engaging with fans and and I am definitely most hyperactive on Snapchat. I, I mean, I share everything from the breakfast that I'm eating in the morning to anything else that I'm doing the rest of the day. And that's one of the reasons I love Snapchat the way that I do. But I monitor all of them all day, every single day. And I do my best every single day to be able to answer any questions that I get. And that's that's one of the reasons I love social media the way that I do is it really kind of bridges the gap in between people who want to achieve something or people that want knowledge and the person that has it. So, you know, I use social media the same way a lot of people do right now that have dreams and aspirations about achieving something. They go to social media and ask somebody who has found success in that industry or in that space. And I do the same thing. So, you know, I'm kind of moving into the entrepreneurial lifestyle. And so I've reached out to other entrepreneurs who have found success. And I ask for advice and wisdom and, and mentorship. And, and I hope that people listen to this podcast right now. If there's anything you think I can help you with, please, 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 you know, take the time to, to reach out because I value you. I value your time and I want to help you be the best you that you can be. Jared, thank you for having me on the podcast today, man. It's awesome. It's an honor and I appreciate the platform. Absolutely, man. And next time I'm up there in New York, we may have to hit an Armageddon workout. <laughs> Done deal, dude. You better bring your A game, man, because I go hard in the paint. That's brother. right. For guys that have, uh, I know you've got three girls and a son. We don't have the son yet, so we're pressing on. As long as my wife's willing, I'm like, we'll steam ahead. Let's... Yeah, maybe I can teach you how to yeah, do that, that, too. Yeah, that would help. Offline. <laughs> I'll give you a tutorial. That's great. Steve, thanks so much for the time today. We wish you the best, and I appreciate everything that you're doing out there with your faith and family and your entrepreneurial role that you're sliding more into nowadays. Thanks. I appreciate it, Jared, man. Be well and we will uh, we'll be in touch take care buddy hey guys if you've enjoyed following the success 101 podcast i'd love it if you head on over to itunes give it a five-star rating and a review tell the people over at apple how awesome this show is that's what's going to keep this thing going on into the future and keep sending in content to me as well that's how i know what you guys are looking for out there and how i can bring better content to you with each episode my email address is the best way to catch me. That is the success 101 podcast at gmail.com. And you can also find me on several avenues of social media on Snapchat at Jared S. Warren, on Twitter at Warren Jared, on Instagram at Jared underscore Warren, and of course the Facebook page of the Success 101 podcast, which is facebook.com slash success 101 podcast. I definitely enjoyed having Steve here today and glad you could join us. I'll see you again on the next episode of the Success 101 podcast. Until then.